Welcome to episode 136 of the Black in Fashion podcast. Guys, I'm so excited today, and I'm so excited to kick off uh, Black Fashion Month as well as Black, not Black Fashion Month, Black Fashion Month, and then of course we just ended our Women's History Month, so hope you guys are caught up on all the episodes and that you've been tuning in to all the amazing things that we have going on. Please make sure you check out our Black Designer Directory online, and of course if you want to be adding, just feel free to shoot us an email at blackinfashionpodcast.com. So, um... Today, we are joined with Asthma. Asthma is a fashion stylist. Um, she has worked with clients to elevate their wardrobe. She also does a lot of photo shoot styling where she creates pieces on set. You just go ahead and drape right on the body, right? <laughs> she organizes your wardrobes, help with model posing and creative direction. The benefits of working with her is not only to find clothing items, but to also study her clients' um, expression, uh, express interests, goals, and objectives to ensure their comfortability in the outfits and coordinate for them. So she works to to elevate her clients' wardrobe to the best of their ability and to their liking. So, thank you for joining us today. So thank I you have for having me. Of course, so I have a little icebreaker that I like to do, and our icebreaker segment is actually sponsored by Demeter. Demeter by Tierra Alexandra is a black-owned, woman-founded contemporary women's wear brand that provides cocktail attire and elevated capsule pieces to the modern-day hyper-feminine alpha woman. They are known for their juxtaposition, um, sexuality with sophistication, and delivering high-quality fashion pieces at an attainable price point. When you are looking to elevate or refine your personal style and brand, let us provide you with high quality apparel that is ultra chic and feminine so that you can command every room and represent yourself with the utmost confidence and sophistication use code bnf15 for 15 percent off your first purchase so the the segment is called this or that okay so you just have to tell me what you prefer like over the other okay okay um stay in the fashion world then so skinny leg or flare leg Flare leg. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> you spit that right out. Yeah, now. I can't look skinny. <laughs> um, studs or hoops? Dang. Yeah, I'm in between. But the I, one that chokes people up. Yeah. Um, I would say studs on the simple side. Studs. Okay. Uh, platforms or, well, not platforms, mules or wedges? Mules. Mules. And my ultimate favorite, crew neck or a neck? Crew neck. Crew neck. All right. Definitely. So. Let's pop right in. So, what is your background and where are you from? So, my name is Esma Shakar. I'm from Philadelphia. Um, born and raised in Philadelphia. I went to school in Philadelphia. Everything surrounding me is basically Philadelphia. I've done everything there. Um, I graduated high school in 2020. I uh, went to Westchester for about a year, but I definitely didn't finish out because I didn't know what I really wanted to do up until about a year ago. So, yeah, that's about it. And I'm at 20 years old, going on 21 in a few weeks. But um, anything else? When did the fashion bug hit you? That's a, that's that's an important part of the upbringing. <laughs> okay, so the fashion bug hit me probably when I was younger. I would say probably like four or five years old. My grandma used to make all of my clothes. She's a seamstress. She can make anything. She used to make all of my clothes. And being Muslim, I would be in a masjid all the time, and she would make all my overgarments, and I would get approached by a thousand different moms asking, mm -hmm. like, oh, like, where can I get this for my daughter? Mm -hmm. And I would tell them, oh, like, she really only sews for me. Mm -hmm. But it would just be so interesting for them to be, like, such an all about the outfit and her creativity because, you know, to me at first it's like, mm, 
yeah, that's cool. I'll wear it. But like, it didn't really like sit with me. And then until, until people came up to me like, wow, like she put ruffles right there. And like, you know, and then I started to get into it and I started to ask her questions like how to sew. She taught me how to sew when I was very young, taught me how to hand sew. I used to make clothes for my dolls. Yeah, so it, I feel like it really started from her, and then my mom, she was so too. My mom loved everything clothing-wise with me. She would dress me really nice. I just remember, you know, the compliments and stuff from everybody around me. And then, you know, you younger, you kind of, you start to grow up, you kind of stray away from that. I kind of came away from that, but I always was, like, somebody that liked to dress nice. But that's all it was in my head at first. It was just, like, I'm dressing nice. It really wasn't, I really wasn't paying too much attention to, like, the fashion aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But, um... As I got older, I would say that I started to pay a little bit more attention to the fashion aspect of it and understand that, oh, this could be like a, a, a job choice or a career choice for myself. And um, that's where I, I am where I am now because I started to, you know, pay. I came back from when I was younger. I came back to it. Like, it came back to me like, okay, I love fashion or whatever. In high school, I won best dress. And like I said before, it was just to me, it was just about dressing. But now it's more like the fashion aspect and, you know, making it a career choice. And then now that's why I'm into fashion styling and everything fashion right about now. Nice. Okay. So speak about your services and what you offer and what is your, I guess, what's your favorite service? My favorite service. Okay. So right now I'm offering, I offer virtual styling where you could text me. You can tell me about an event that you have coming up or a birthday or anything that you have coming up where you need an outfit and you're stuck and I can style an outfit for you virtually where we talk and you know you give me all the details and I create something for you. We talk about if you do or don't like what I provided, we change it around. Um, and then that's what I do virtually. And then I also provide photo shoot stylings where if you have a photo shoot coming up and you have a concept, um, you can tell me your concept and then I'll bring the outfit part of it to life because I feel like that's really an important part about you know photo shoots and stuff like that. So. Absolutely. That's what I'm doing now. I've, so far, I've been doing a lot of collaborative work, but for the past like two months, I'm more so on the you know getting paid for what I do now. Nice. So yeah. What was so, the other question? Um, what is your favorite service? My favorite service is definitely the photo shoot styling services mm -hmm. because that's what I really wanted to do when I started styling. I started with virtual styling, and I really wanted to see the things that I style come to life. And I think it, it comes to life a lot faster when you're on set and you're doing photo shoots. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely my favorite service to offer. Isn't being on set like one of the, I feel like I, I've only done, give or take in my life, maybe two photo shoots. <laughs> and it just seems so hectic. And I did one at the top of January and I hadn't done one in like three years. And I was just like, ooh, this is stressful. <laughs> it is. Like it's stressful. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, hell no. Like I don't want to do this. It really <laughs> is a lot of work. But I feel like if you love what you do, mm -hmm. you're not going to really like see the background to all of that. Mm -hmm. But I, I really love being on sets. It's a lot when I, you know, break it into details and I talk about it with somebody. I'm like, I did this, I did that. It's like, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's what I love to do. So it doesn't really bother me. True, true. I get that. All right. So um, tell me about your creative process. So when someone, let's say they reach out to you and they want to do like a whole virtual styling kind of thing and they give you the details of the event, what are like other details that you collect? Do you, do you go off of body types? Um, you know, do you have like, like core questions that you ask to really pull out what they need, whether it's a body type preference, whether it is um, like a color preferences, like do you prefer the seasonal first and like 
literally let them give you creative control? Like, what is your like creative process? Look so like? I prefer for them to let me give creative control, but I, like I like you said, I definitely go off a of body type. Like, mm-hmm. if your page is private, I normally ask them to send me a few photos of them because I want the clothes to, of course, compliment your body definitely. Um, I also go off of budget. That's one. You know, you got to make sure that you give me a budget mm-hmm. so that I'm not giving you something super expensive. And I also ask them, like, are you really, like, are you into designer? Are you more into things that are less flashy? Mm-hmm. I ask them questions like, would you wear a mini skirt? Would you wear shorts? Like, are you what are you into? Like, are you going for more modesty? Um, and then that's that's basically... That all those questions normally get me to where I need to go. To where you need to be. Okay. Now, do you ever have a problem with budgets? Like, is that sometimes a thing? Like, do you have, like, a minimum budget that you require for people to spend in order to get your services? So, I don't have a minimum, but well, pro- I would say probably, like, about $100. But even that now with inflation and stuff, right, $100, it's not getting you anywhere. <laughs> it's way difficult. Yeah, but if they come to me and they have, like, a 100 or $150 budget, I tell them, like, okay, like, you're going to have to send me a pair of shoes or a bag or some accessories that you already have in your closet for me to incorporate because $100 isn't getting you shoes, bags. Like, unless we're in person. Wait, is it $100 for the clothing or $100 for the service? Oh, for the service. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so service, my your budget and my service are two different things. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. so, you know, you pay me and then I ask you for your clothing budget. Gotcha, yeah. yeah. That's what I mean. Like, is there ever a problem with that? Or, like, because I've seen some stylists where they, the a price that they give is based on the relationships that they have with like retailers and stores and stuff like that because mm-hmm. they could probably take in more if they're borrowed stuff or you know stuff like mm-hmm. that like I've seen that process and I'm like so is yours like it's separate like no this is my fee and this is what you gonna pay yeah or do you like have you ever thought about like maybe working it in where so I could if I'm doing like stylist pools and stuff like that but that's mm-hmm. also a lot of work and yeah. to be honest a stylist pool is more work than just going to go buy something. True. So to be honest, it, it should, to me in my head, it should cost a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Like recently I did stylist pulls and the stuff came, one of the pieces came all the way from Germany. Okay. And I had to ship that piece back and it was $60 to ship back. Well, they need to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's a lot going into that. It's a lot of conversations. Right. It's a lot of me, people putting trust into me and me getting them to put the trust into me in True. order to borrow clothes and things. So I feel like it's a lot more work. Yeah, it is. I think, I think it, it could definitely be a lot more work when you gotta, cause then you gotta think about shipping, and then what if they damage it? Cause then you mm-hmm. gotta have like a credit card on file or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's way more. So you would have to up the ante on that one. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah, and then it's my credit card going on file. So right, it's like, yeah. definitely. Okay, so I'm gonna get into a, cause I know you still starting out, but get into our second segment. It's called, um, it's a success <laughs> or okay. it's a disaster. Okay. Um, and it's a success and it's a disaster. Um, but before we get into the segment, I need to make sure that you guys have heard of Charmaine Michelle of CM Design Agency. They're a startup fashion brand consultant with 30 plus years of experience in the New York fashion industry. And she is helping start, startup designers to brand and launch like a pro using this proven pre-selling strategy. You can go to uh, pre-sale 100 and I'll drop the link in the show notes to learn how to position your brand for success with pre selling so that you can get working capital to fund your production run you will not want to miss this training if you want your brand to stand apart from the rest she's offering a 20 off percent 20 percent off promo code exclusively for our listeners you're going to type in cmda times bnfp and plus her label launch checklist is included so you can map out your launch with clarity from day one so position your brand success with pre-selling of course i'll drop that in the notes so the whole point of the is a success is a disaster sector is for you to tell me about a time so far in your business and in your services where something went completely bad 
like went completely bad, but it, it taught you something and it made you incorporate something different into the way you do things, whether it be in customer service or your clients, but I need one of those horror stories, but something you learned from that horror story. Um, so I would say as of recently, thank God this was a collaborative shoot, so it was able to teach me without, you know, the cut client. Let me get some too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Kyrie. Kyrie, yeah, let me get a little behind the scenes too <laughs> while you own it. <laughs> so recently I did a collaborative shoot, and for collaborative shoots, you try, you try to reach out to people who, um, who can do a few things for you for free. So we had somebody make us a clothing piece. It was a dress, mm-hmm. and the dress just did not turn right at turn right at all. And we were already on set by the time the model was trying it on, and everything. And I literally had to take this dress apart and make it into a two piece set on set. And I, I really feel like that was a hard story because that took me about what thirty to forty five minutes, and we only had two hours on set. Yeah. And that taught me to always make sure that the model goes to a fitting, even if it's collaborative, client, whatever, and make sure that they make it to a fitting no matter what's going on. Like, even if we have to reschedule the shoot, make sure that they're going to the fitting. We're not just throwing it. Like, okay, oh, maybe she'll fit it. Like, mm-hmm. she'll probably fit into it. I would I would never do that again. I would make sure the model has a fitting, especially if this is a client that paid me. I would make sure that they go to their fitting. Um, I also would make sure that I have maybe some needle and thread on set because I literally had to clip this dress up with a thousand clips. So I normally click, keep clips in my bag and in case something is too big to clip it up, mm-hmm. but I had to I had to cut this piece in half and make it into <laughs> something entirely different. So I put a lot more things into my stylist bag, like needle and thread, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe an extra zipper or, you know, just even some pieces like stockings or something, just because we had to hike the skirt up and it was like extremely short. Gotcha. So like just extra things in my stylist bag, you just in case anything. Apart? It it just it didn't fit. It didn't fit fit at all. Like it fit like a box. So it just like it would not have worked if I didn't cut it in half. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, you gonna you maybe you need maybe that needs to be a product you offer, girl. Create like a stylist bag and sell Mm -hmm. that thing online or whatever. I was thinking about that. That's That's actually a good idea. Like all the essentials or whatever. Instead Mm -hmm. of having people having to piece like a stylist having to piece those things together, especially Mm -hmm. like when they first starting out. That could be a success story right there. You uh-huh. created a whole style bag, and then you get really popular and sell that great. Yeah, that's definitely that would be like, a come up. I mean, right, that would be a show. yeah. <laughs> I sell because I mean I'm in the product development world, but like I sell like pattern making kits, like so uh-huh. that you don't have to go find your all in your sister. And I sell slopers too, so it mm-hmm. all like comes together just to eliminate like people having to go to five different areas to get the supplies. Like, mm-hmm. and then I have it like in a cute little bag, and it's profitable too. And I sell that bag for about a hundred fifty dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like that's a good profit. Yeah. <laughs> Good profit, yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm only spending. I think I spent maybe about forty to fifty on all the materials that mm-hmm. go into the bag. So oh, that's good. Nice little hundred percent markup. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. All right, so I want you to speak about how. Well, you said collaboration. When it comes to collaboration, how do you go about selecting who you're willing to collaborate with, um, making sure that it's also beneficial to you know mm-hmm. both parties? So do you have like a criteria do you ask people like what they you know target market is or how they work it's like that to really make sure that the collaboration is worthwhile for you yes definitely for collaborative work i like to work with seasoned models so models who are going to get on set and know how to automatically pose and i don't really have to do too much with them Mm -hmm. um and then also photographers who've been in the game for a while so that way you know when it comes to editing photos and taking photos it's clean work and I don't like to necessarily say like people that have like, you know, a lot of followers and stuff, but it's good to work with people who have good engagement mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, we could put this out, 
But, you know, it doesn't really go anywhere when you, when I just have me. I'm posting it, and, you know, my engagement is pretty good, but then the model's engagement isn't that good, so it's like I'm not really getting my name anywhere. Mm-hmm. I want to get my name into bigger rooms, so that's where, I, that's where I'm at with collaborative. Like, I need to be working with people who are going to, you know, put my name into a bigger room than the room that we're in now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I definitely the first thing, though, is, like, a seasoned model gotcha. that, that comes in and just knows what to do. Gotcha. And let's speak a little, I want to speak a little bit back, like, on your, on your clientele and also, like, within you being in there. So, like, with you are, you know, dressed in a modest fashion, mm-hmm. would you say that a lot of the clientele are, you know, similar to you in, like, dress and stuff? Or do you find that you are, you have, like, a certain genre of fashion that you like to work in? Like, if you could describe the styles that you work on, is it similar to your personal style? Or mm-hmm. do you really go outside of your comfort zone and your box when you get to styling? I think I definitely go way outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Because me, you know, I'm long long shirts and, you know, long dresses that cover my butt. But mm-hmm. the work that I've been doing so far is, like, it's, it's, it's out there. Like, mm-hmm. something recently I did with stockings and, like, you know, it's, it's showing a little bit of her breast. And it's, mm-hmm. like, to me on set, it's weird. I'm, like, oh, my God, that is tight. But it's, like, <laughs> it's like that's what they wear. So I'm, like, I feel mm-hmm. like the work that I've done is definitely way outside of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I want to go more into, like, modesty. Because I gotcha. feel like that, you know, that's a representation of me. Right. And it's maybe a niche market there, you know, because there's so many stylists that are, like, oh, I'm a streetwear stylist or mm-hmm. I'm a... Um, I'm a couture stylist or whatever, but to have a stylist within like the mo- like modest fashion, that actually is a good area. Mm-hmm. I can see that being like really, really, really dope. Mm-hmm. So, what is your like your favorite like I guess category of clothing? And do you prefer to work with men over women, or does it matter? So, I would say my favorite category of clothing is definitely like streetwear. Mm-hmm. Um, I prefer to work with women because you know it's easier to their body types and my body types are similar. You know. Um, but I want to work with more men because, you know, it's kind of getting out of my comfort zone. It's not what I'm used to. It's not the clothing that I'm used to picking out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I did. Okay. So what are the key things? Like when you're styling, and a lot of times it's special occasion, but as a stylist, you still have to like be able to have that skill set where you're addressing people day to day or analyzing their wardrobes. And I saw that was something in like your services and stuff too. What is something that you feel that every woman needs in her closet this summer? Skirts. I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm I'm big on like the mini skirt vibes right now. So mm-hmm. definitely mini skirts and the um, really fitted body suits because I feel like they're really universal like you can wear them with anything you know like the skims that kind of has like yeah like Mm -hmm. I feel like you can put that on with anything and you know you'll be cool throughout the summertime and like platform mules definitely I feel like that's going to be a big staple this summer Mm. yeah I love me a good platform mule (laughs) yeah definitely and it's a nice summer and spring shoe gotcha okay so tell me now who are your favorite designers um, like if you had if 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 budget was not a lot was not a thing like there's no budget a client came to you ain't no budget and I'm giving you complete creative control what you putting them in and it's a female it's a female it's a female with no budget it doesn't matter you can put her in anything and she's giving you complete creative control and um she just going it's just it's her birthday Let's go that way. It's a birthday. I, I won't even lie. Maybe like some vintage Dolce & Gabbana. Mm. Okay. I love vintage Dolce & Gabbana. I don't know. It's just something about like the 
the fitted dresses and I don't know something about their whole like dress category when it comes to like their vintage wear. Mm -hmm. Definitely, definitely. Is there a like particular like look though? Like like would it be a separate? Would it be a dress type of shoe? Like paint the picture. I w I would say like a a a dress with it like a, a fitted corset inside of it and maybe a flare on the bottom. Um, some platform shoes. I love platform. Um and good jewelry, good statement pieces, good jewelry statement pieces definitely to incorporate into that gotcha. yeah okay. so what can we expect to see from you in the next like let's say like three to four years like what are your goals goals your wise goals, your vision like where do you see your brand going so basically i want to work with everything fashion wise i want to design clothes i want to style celebrities i want to style nba players i want to do everything fashion wise i want to you know be on set at uh what is what is it called runway shows like new york fashion week i really want to do everything fashion i want to dip into everything and see what i like the most mm -hmm. but i to be honest i'm interested in everything mm -hmm. so no, I want to be, you know, I want to be the next female Law Roach or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, how you feel about his retirement? That's sad. Like, that's Man. sad. I, I really hope that, like, that he was just, his mind. yeah, I really <laughs> hope that was just something for people to start paying attention yeah. and it's not, like, a true thing. I really hope that he stays in the game because I just kind of, like. People can make you hate what you do. You know? Yeah. Like, people really care. Like, I've, I've you know, and I've, I've been doing like product development and production for a long time and that whole design process and when you're starting out it is great mm -hmm. like when you get your feet wet and you get off the ground but it's like when you get really high up there like it's almost like B.I.G. like more money more problems like when you st really start making money in that world and then you get you get legit real haters you probably never even know that you had mm -hmm. and then you also get the burden of just trying to please everybody mm -hmm. which is sometimes hard but you just gotta remind yourself why you started so I actually understood exactly the, everything you said I'm like I felt I felt mm -hmm. it like I felt that I'm like yeah but you gotta also love it too cause I'm like what's my exit strategy cause mm -hmm. I'm not gonna do this forever mm -hmm. you know yeah, I just hope he f finds a way to, you know, X out the people and, yeah. you know, just focus on the fashion. But I guess that's what he's trying to do and he can't. Well. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like he, that's what he wants to do and he just can't do it. Mm -hmm. I, if there was a way, I wish he could find it. Right. For, if I could digital, you know what, if he could create and use technology to do the styling and stuff like that where people maybe could go into an app or something like that and then he didn't have to be with them as much i think it's just all that that footwork and having to manage people's and also you mm -hmm. manage people's personalities too, mm -hmm. like and their emotions and stuff like that and that's not your job like mm -hmm. i'm here to do my job but i can't manage your emotions i can't and i also ain't a magician mm -hmm. i can't make you look like something that you don't look like uh -huh. you know like i can exactly. only do what is in, in reason mm -hmm. you know which is hard for people to get sometimes and then the burden is on you mm -hmm. and then you have to take on that so yeah especially if that's your client you like mm -hmm. you feel bad like mm -hmm. oh my god this is my client my paying client mm -hmm. i want to service them the best way that i can but then you know like you said it's taking a mental toll on him yeah. or the person yeah that's real all right so our last segment before we wrap up is called it's a muse um i want you to share with us a a quote a mantra an affirmation it could be a prayer it could be a book anything that you really feel like continues to push you and keep you going that you'd want to share with another creative i feel like i don't have any exact quotes or books 
But it could be a prayer. It could be anything that's like, what do you do and what do you have to tell yourself on them days where you want to give up that keeps you consistent and motivated? Never stop. Like, if you have somewhere to be, don't stop until you get there, basically. That's what I have to tell myself every day. And stay consistent. Consistency is the key to everything. You have to stay consistent or you're not. I feel like you're not going to reach your goals. That's definitely what I have to tell myself every day to stay consistent. <laughs> it's like that one thing that's like on the yeah. top. Consistency because I do know that motivation comes and goes. Mm-hmm. And consistency trumps motivation because if you stay consistent, motivation will come back. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's gone or it's lost. So I feel that. Consistency and just don't stop. Don't uh-huh. give up. Never don't give stop up. Creating. Okay. So um, can you just throw out like your social media handles and like where to uh, find you and connect with you and if you have any, um, you know, services or events or promotions or anything like that coming up, please share them. So you can find me on Instagram at smashakar. That's A-S-M-A-S-H-A-K-A-R-R. So it's two R's at the end. And then my TikTok is smashakar as well, A S M A. S-H-A-K-A-R. Then you can find me on YouTube at the same at. You can also find my booking link inside of either bio. And then my stylist page is Styles by Esme. Um, and then my booking link for any of my photo shoot styling services and my virtual styling is linked directly in the bio. So you can book right through that link. Um, if you have any questions or concerns. Yeah, I got it all. You better shoot all that. <laughs> I'm here for it. Yeah, so if you have any questions or concerns, normally I take about you know, 10 or 20 minutes to respond to a DM. You can shoot me a DM. DM you can shoot me an email. And, um, yeah, okay. that's about it. I just want to make sure I, you mention, guys, I'm all about giving people their flowers while they're here. So I just want to go over like just a quick little rundown of Asma's <laughs> achievements. You know, she's most proud of starting multiple successful businesses before the age of 20. So... Age is only a number. You you can never be too young, never too old to start a business. She started her first online boutique when she was 18, um, an organization in 19, and her fashion styling business in 19 as well. So she's most proud of these achievements because she's able to do them on her own, given all in any circumstances, and then she never um, let anything stop her, and she never will. So I think that that's a beautiful thing. You go, girl. Thank you. Um, and is there anything else you want to throw out or discuss? Like um, We talked about our fashion trends. We talked about... Fashion influences. We talk about Muslim fashion. We sparked our love. We talk. Oh, we talked about everything, girl. Mm-hmm. Just tell me one thing. What is because we have our campaign is called "I Am Black in Fashion." Just tell me what being in black in fashion means to you. Um, it means that there's a box, but you know you can come out of it and do what you want to do, no matter your the color of your skin. No, you know, no matter where you come from, you can do exactly what you want to do if you put your mind to it. Um, there's nothing stopping you, except for maybe maybe you, your own mind. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Like, do do you? Like, we we live in a day and time where you can you can get majority of what you want done. So you know, do you be you, and do what makes you happy. Well, as I always say, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us and stay black. Peace out. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you.